Welcome and thanks for listening. This is your Nebraska Judicial Branch. Greetings and welcome back. I am Gene Cotter, your host. Today we are joined by Latasha Ramirez, a former probationer from the Panhandle of Nebraska. Latasha, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. People are probably wondering what brings Latasha to the podcast. This week, the week of July 18th through the 24th, is probation week in the state of Nebraska. And Latasha, as a former probationer, can talk about the power of probation. Latasha, we heard about you because of the work you not only did while on probation, but the work that you have done since you got off of probation. Could you tell us a little bit about yourself and your story, please? Okay, well, I was born and raised in Scottsbluff, Nebraska. Um, my parents, they were divorced at, you know, I was a young age when they were divorced. Um, my dad and my mom were, were, uh, struggling as relationship wise. And, um, my dad was actually a user. Um, my mom, she followed along with that later down the road. Um, I, you know, I grew up learning things from my grandparents most of the time because my mom was not really around. You know, she had to do the whole working from eight to five and they were the ones to take care of us. Um, I struggled a bit as a child, not having both parents in the house. Um, I ended up getting sick around 15. I had, um, I was placed on multiple prescriptions pain medications for endometriosis at a very young age. So that was, you know, that was my starting point for my drug use that I didn't realize later in life, you know, that's when it started. Um, I went through chemo when I was 19 for the endometriosis. That was their treatment. And um, I dropped out of school when I was 15 because of my medical conditions. And I, um, I went to college. I placed myself in massage school in Colorado around that time, and I couldn't continue on with it because of my medical conditions. So I ended up coming back, and you know, I caught my mom smoking meth around that time when my grandpa had passed away, and you know, she her words were. I can't take it anymore. I can't take the pain. So there, you know, like me witnessing my mom, my strongest point, the one that has supported me through everything, witnessing her numbing herself, you know, with drugs. I didn't know what to do. So, you know, I just secluded and survived through those years. Well, I ended up quitting school, massage school, and coming back because I was in, you know, I was tired from the chemo I was drained and my mom's like well here try this and she handed me the meth pipe so that's when I started smoking meth and continuing with the pills um my grandma you know through through counseling and stuff you know later down the road I realized that I my first drug transaction was with my grandma I sold her prescriptions, you know, my pain medication to get by. I would use the money, 
you know, for certain things, and then my mom would want the money. I never knew where the money was going. You know, later on it clicked that that money was going towards my mom's drug habit. So it's it's been a struggle. It was a struggle in my in my teen years. Um, back to the meth use, you know, I it started out I was using, and it was you know simple small amounts, and then it just got bigger from there. The high wasn't enough. Um, I started dealing. I would start out with small amounts, and then it became bigger and bigger and bigger down the road. And, you know, that was my mental mentality back there is go big or go home. And apparently I didn't want to go home. Um, I was using pills. I was using cocaine. I was using the meth, of course. So, Latasha started innocently enough at 15 with scripts for known medical conditions and kind of grew from there, right? Yeah. What became the biggest high for you? Was it the drug use? Was it the the dealing? Was it, it all just kind of one big high for you? Um, the biggest high for me was the pushing. It was that power and control of if I need fast cash, I'm going to get it now. If I need this, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to take that dominance and I'm going to, I'm going to control what I can to get what I want. Natasha, talk a little bit about the other side of that. There had to be some fear that went along with that, right? Fear of getting caught, fear of losing things. Uh, is that, did that ever come into play? The fear of getting caught, you know, I, I actually, since I went through endometriosis and the, the chemo along with it, I lost quite a bit of my hair. So therefore I was wearing wigs. I wore wigs for probably a good straight six years. And that was, you know, it started out as me, um, you know, just having hair again, but then it went towards me using it as a incognito. So there really wasn't a fear of getting caught. It was just go, go, go. So how did you get caught? Um, well, there wasn't a, a, a time that I, I made a deal with somebody and it went sour. I felt it. I felt it instantly that, you know, I was being watched and I still went through with it. And I was like, you know what? I did it. Might as well go bigger now, you know? And then after that, I was in a raid in December of 2017. And that's when I get when I got caught. And then they put those two distribution charges from that sour deal that I had onto that on those rate charges. What's different now? Um, what's different now is that I I am sober for three years now. On December thirteenth, I've been sober. Congratulations. Thank you. I uh, I'm going to school full time student at WNCC for human resources. I work part-time and I'm in my children's lives every day. WNCC is Western Nebraska Community College, right? Yes. You talked about your children. That's something that you hadn't mentioned before. Can you talk a little bit more about your family life? Um, my kids, my daughter is nine and my son is eight. You know, during my whole drug use and, you know, me being on the streets and stuff like that, I pushed them away. 
because you know like i learned that behavior from my dad my dad pushed drugs as also but he was never around so therefore i learned that behavior you know don't bring that home to your children keep your children far away so therefore i grew i made that that boundary between me and my children so i wouldn't drag them into what i was doing but nowadays you know i have them every single day all day long and i i wouldn't change it for the world you know i'm gaining their their trust there's still some times that they have triggers you know if i go color my hair different or if i go do something to my appearance that will trigger them to back when i wore wigs so i got to be you know cautious around what i do and how you know how they take it latasha that's an interesting an interesting point you just bring up kind of sounds like a double life maybe but obviously it's a it, all that comes with some sort of a double life but when it came to your kids when you say you pushed them away what does that mean i had told everybody you know as a protection you know against me and losing my children i told everybody on the streets when i was using that i didn't have custody of them so therefore you know there's that fear of them coming at me sideways if i did something wrong to them and then wanting to take my children away or you know place that that fear upon me so you were doing a lot to kind of insulate them while trying to insulate yourself as well to carry on that lifestyle. Yeah. Does not sound to me in your story like you had any previous involvement in the court system until, until what you say, December of 2017. Is that accurate? Um, I did get a charge in 2016. That's kind of when, um, well, my grandpa had passed away. A second grandpa had passed away and I got caught with a well-known drug dealer and a bottle of my grandpa's prescriptions. So that was my first meeting with the court system. I ended up getting a fine. So talk about 2017, when you talk about your court experience beginning in 2017. I was getting, you know, burned out. I was ready for the change. And I just, you know, once you're in that deep, you don't know how to back out. There's there's just no way to back out. And um, so that right there changed my whole life. Um, those charges were, I was looking at, I can't believe, what was it, 95 years? 95 years, you know, with all those charges pending on me. Um, they ended up dropping the drug charge, or the gun charges. So I ended up with tampering with evidence possession of 149 grams, um, and then those two distribution charges, and then another possession. Take us through the court process a little bit. And we talked about the lack of fear throughout that starting at age 15 or 19 when you came back from, from massage therapy school. Talk about the fear that now that you're about to face those years and the things that you did. So for me, it was, you know, I know I messed up. You know, I know I made those those bad decisions in my life and it was over. You know, it was either looking at it as this is a point where you change or this is a point where you don't. And that fear of seeing that 95 years, you have to just kind of look at it and take it. You can't, there's no way of getting out of it. You know, so I, I told myself, 
you know, I talk to my mom on the phone and my children, and I'm like, hey, you know, this is where I'm at, and this is what I need you to do, mom, and step up, you know, and take care of my children while I'm away, and just go from there. The court system, <clears throat> you know, they gave me a second chance. They really did. Probation is what I got for three years, and I finished in about two and a half, two and a half years. And that right there is what really set me into steering straight. A lot of times people think, oh, probation. She was dealing drugs and all she got was probation. What a slap on the wrist. But probation is clearly more than just that, right, Latasha? More than just a slap on the wrist? Oh, yeah. There's, it's, it's more than just a slap on the wrist. You know, probation, I was court-ordered for, you know, to take MRT, women's trauma, and to do the drug testing. But what people don't realize that comes along with it is the tools that you have to pack on to continue to be, you know, a law-abiding citizen. The tools that you have to learn and pull out of, you know, somewhere where you've never learned how to, you know, implement those tools. That's the hardest part. Um, probation, it was a struggle at first. You know, there was one class that I had went to and it was job skills with Celeste Sanchez. And that's when it really broke me down. Um, we were doing mock interviews and she had uh, asked, you know, describe yourself to me, describe something about yourself, you know, and I'm like, I can't. I broke down crying. I could not find one positive thing about myself that I could continue that mock interview because I felt like I was lying. So just for clarification, and this is for the listener, MRT is Moral Recognition Therapy, which is a program that helps individuals challenge their thinking and find new ways of thinking, which leads to new choices. So now I want to go back and I almost hated to do that because you just said something right now, right there that actually gave me goosebumps a little bit. You broke down crying because you couldn't say anything positive about yourself. What if I asked you that same question today, Natasha? Um, today it's totally different. You know, I'm independent. I am sober. I am determined and I'm caring. How important is that to you to be able to say that? I know that people can't see this, but your face just lit up when you discussed those things. It's very important because, you know, what you believe in yourself is what you put out into that world. You know, so if, if a, there's not one thing positive that I could say about myself, then I'm obviously putting out negative to this world. And so for me, you know, you have the power to change any outcome of any situation at any given point in time. You participated in a program called Encouraging Change as part of your probation, and I believe maybe you still continue to participate in that. Could you tell us a little bit about Encouraging Change and what that program is? Encouraging Change is um, it's where... You know, I don't really look at it as a program because it's part of the way I continue my life. I put, I put forth myself out there as I want to receive in this world. I want to see the change. So if you want to see the change in the world, you have to be that person to do it. You know, um, to me, it's empowering. 
It's very empowering. It gives me something to continue my my way on the right path. Um, sharing my story with others is a big thing, especially the youth in this area. You know, there's a lot of people that struggle in this area, and there's a lot that they can't get help with. And I think believe I believe that you know by me stepping out there sharing my story because I've been a negative impact on this panhandle. And for me to step back, you know, regroup myself into a positive person and put myself out there in the society, I think that's a big change in itself. And it comes with a lot of work, right? Not only now, but while you are on probation. Yes, it does. I mean, every day, every day you put forth into that action. I was a probation officer for a long time, and that's one thing that I tried to do. I tried to let people know that this is an opportunity. It sounds to me that's exactly what you use this as. You took advantage of the opportunity that was given to you to make reparations for you and your family, the damage that you had done not only within your community but across the panhandle. Yeah. Natasha, is there anything that we didn't cover that you want people to know about you, about your experiences, about anything else? Um, as through my experience, you know, I've learned that a lot of my ways are learned behavior. And I think as far as us learning something, we can unlearn it and retrain ourselves to think in a positive way and put forth in this community or any community in our lives. And making a big impact on families and neighbors, and just the community as a whole. Yeah. Today we have been joined by Latasha Ramirez, a former probationer. Latasha was with us to help celebrate probation week in the state of Nebraska as another example of the positive impact probation has across the state. This has been another episode of Your Nebraska Judicial Branch. Please remember to subscribe, like, and review us on your favorite podcast platform.